Hello, Ruby Ryder here. Welcome to Making Paradise Podcast number 275. On March 11th, 2021, changing the world one ass at a time. My mission here at Pegging Paradise Podcast is first and foremost to spread the word about pegging. I offer you accurate information to dispel the common myths and misconceptions. Basically, I spread the knowledge so that you can get onto the thrill of spreading your cheeks or your partners. Another part of my mission is encouraging you to explore your out-of-the-box sexual interests without shame or embarrassment. Shame is the silent saboteur of sexual satisfaction. Don't let it stop you from delving into the world of pegging and any other consensual, safe kink that calls to you. The journey can be exhilarating, breathtaking, and life-changing. If you would like to support this mission, become a patron of my work. All patrons have access to the podcast a day early, as well as a 24-7 chat channel full of pegging aficionados from all over the world. Rewards for the various levels of monthly support include written and audio erotica to titillate and instigate. You can also make a yearly one-time donation and receive the same benefits as a monthly patron. Another way to support my work is by shopping at enticeme.com, the little black dress of pleasure products. Head over to Enticeme and peruse a meticulously curated selection of luxury, body-safe, non-toxic toys, specifically chosen for your thrills and satisfaction. For free shipping of your entire purchase, use the coupon code RIDER, that's R-Y-D-E-R. Need help figuring out which pegging equipment is the best choice for you? I offer free equipment phone consultations for customers of Enticeme, and you will be supporting my mission of spreading cheeks around the world. (laughs) Hello, everybody. So let's start off this podcast with a pegging celebration time. This is from Big Mac 3. His title is New and Amazed. About two weeks ago, my wife, over drinks, took a deep breath and said, I'd better say this while I can. I want to penetrate you with a strap-on. She was clearly terrified of my reaction. And I thanked her for her bravery and told her I needed to think about it. My marriage was solid, so no trust issues. I wasn't afraid it would turn me gay either. I imagine gay men like things like oral sex, which straight men do too. So it's attraction to partners, not the acts themselves. I needed the time due to some abuse as a child. So technically, I guess I wasn't a virgin tonight either. I found you in your podcast as I searched for more information. I started listening and a lot of what you said made sense. And honestly, there were some things that were intriguing. Well, this morning, I decided I would give it a try. My wife lit up when I told her. I was concerned, since my prior experience was very painful. So I asked if we could get a few smaller test toys, so I could make sure that I was at least not going to have pain as we explored this new path. We got back from the adult store with, per your recommendation, smaller beginner stuff, charged all the batteries, and tried initially just a vibrating toy, but we worked our way to her new strap-on. 
I cannot find the words to adequately describe the awesome and beautiful experience and the accompanying sensations I experienced over about two hours this evening. I am feeling waves of good emotions I cannot explain. My body is still sending me positive feedback with lovely sensations that I'm still enjoying. I'm now, almost six hours later, somewhere between complete sensory overload and simply overwhelmed. My sense is I've just entered a whole new world that, frankly, I had no idea that even existed, and the only downside is that I'm only now entering it. My wife is smiling at me every time I look at her. I don't have to ask her if she enjoyed herself. I just needed to tell someone since I feel like, well, I don't know what I feel like, but I'm excited. I'm hooked. I want more. I'm in, or maybe it's more accurate to say my wife is in. Thank you for being open and honest with information. And then he followed up with another message pretty quickly. And the subject here is forgot to mention. I wrote a few hours ago. I mentioned that we bought some cheaper items just to try out. I completely forgot to mention that we will now be using your recommended list of safe quality items. I guess she really did fuck my brains out. (laughs) We are shopping together later on today. I'm very turned on just at the thought of that. Also, now that most of my faculties have returned, I wanted to add the following. One aspect I love was that my job was to relax and enjoy. All decisions were hers, and the focus was me and my pleasure. This was such a different experience, because in every other act, most everything is my responsibility. Run the fuck, I believe you called it. Handing all of that to my wife and being the receiver was so liberating. I just needed to communicate what was working, what wasn't, and most of all, relaxing. I say relaxing because I spent most of the time during that first time in an extremely pleasurable zone. I could try to compare it to my penile orgasms, but the sensations were different, so it's a weak comparison. My best is that moment of building towards orgasm just before it turns into the urgency when that kicks in. I guess that half second when you reach the point of no return. A few times I started to feel something more intense beginning, but I made the mistake of getting excited about it, was focused on that rather than relaxing and letting it happen. During one, I was so into it, I began chasing that prostate orgasm. I surprised myself because I was not sure what to call this, fucking back, riding the fake cock. I had seen this during my research into what I was getting myself into. I believe I said, well, I won't be doing that, laugh out loud. Here I was doing it during my first time getting pegged. (laughs) Oh, your descriptions are gorgeous. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Especially how it's so different than the sensations of a penile orgasm. But yes, relaxing is so much of it. Well, I commend you on your courage. Because when you've had trauma in your life, going back to the part of your body where you experienced that trauma, that can be dicey. It's lovely that you had this wonderful relationship. You've got trust. And you guys talked about it. And I also just, oh wow, she approached you. I want to comment on that too. That doesn't happen very often. (laughs) Yes, usually it's the guy that's driving that bus down the road and saying, hey, can we do this? So kudos to you. Huge congratulations to you for having the courage to research it. Well, the wisdom to research it, the courage to even uh, consider it at all. 
and then the confidence to try it with your partner and just see what it was like. Doing all the right things, getting the small toys, maybe not the cheap ones, <laughs> but you corrected that pretty quickly. <laughs> yes, I am so happy for you both. I was thrilled to play the music and thrilled to get these messages. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us and have fun going down that road of pegging. <laughs> Here is another letter. I love your content and all the advice you give and think you might be the best person to help me. My wife of four years, together for 10 years, will not get behind the pegging. No matter what angle I've tried, she hates the act. We have a strap on and we've used it a couple times, but it is just me bouncing on her and she doesn't really want any part of it. Am I completely screwed? Do I just have to accept our pegging fate and move on? We talk about it, and she does not like the idea of wearing a, quote, male member, end quote, and fucking me. Maybe there is a better way to approach this with her. Thank you. Okay, so here is the deal. As pro-pegging as I am, and as aware as I am of all of the different fears and misconceptions, there still comes a point where every single person has the right to say no. It sounds like you're trying to force something that your partner has said no to. And that's never a good idea. It's really, really not. So I sound a little unsure here and I'm hesitating because that's not a cool thing to do. If your partner has said, I hate this, I don't want to do this, then maybe you just need to respect that. Now, I'm going to give you all different viewpoints around this that uh, I have floating in my head here. One is that if she is indeed affected by and reacting to perhaps those myths and misconceptions, then podcast number 112 might help. But you know, there's people out there that even after they listen to podcast number 112, they're like, okay, fine, but I just still don't want to have anything to do with asses or shit or whatever. So those that needs to be respected. So listening to 112 might help, but I don't want to encourage you to kind of harangue her. So that is one thing that goes through my head. Here's another aspect that goes through my head. I don't know anything about your relationship. I have no idea what kind of partnership you have, how well it works, how well it flows, how good of a husband you are to her. I say this a lot, make sure your side of the street is clean. What does that mean? That means be the very best partner you can be for your wife. Be the kind of husband that is always there for her, supportive of her, doing extra jobs, pleasing her in bed, uh, all the different stuff that just gives her pleasure and helps her out and makes you, in her eyes, the best husband you can possibly be. Because for all I know, you might be the kind of person that comes home from work, sits there, pops a beer and says, make my dinner and doesn't help out at all. I don't know what kind of relationship you have. And that's just an extreme example, okay? But that's the thing. I don't know what your situation is at home. So I encourage you to be the best husband you can be. Not only because then you stand the best chance of her eventually one day going, okay, you wanted to try this thing? Maybe we can do a little bit more of that because you've been treating me so well and I'm so happy that I want to do something for you now. See, it's the motivation, but you can't depend on that. You can't rely on it. You can't expect it. If you're going to be the best husband you can be, then be that because that's the best thing to do because it's the best for your relationship. So that's a factor as well. 
Here are a couple of other ideas. She says she doesn't want to strap on the male member. You know, there are some givers who draw the line at that, and that needs to be respected. Is she willing to do a little ass play by hand, like with a dildo by hand? That may be all you're ever going to get. Because sometimes there's quite an investment in really rigid gender stereotypes. And this isn't a really horrible, bad thing. It's just the way somebody is and how they feel about things. So they don't want to strap that on because then they would never be able to maybe look at you the same way again. I've heard people say that before. So if she would do something by hand, that might be satisfactory to you. Or you could have a vibrating butt plug in and hand her the remote while you guys are having PIV. You could have a butt plug in while she's giving you a blow job. There's a bunch of different things that you can do which will still give you prostate stimulation, still give you a little bit of ass play, but of course are not pegging. And then definitely invest in some suction cup toys that you can use on your own so that you can have that satisfaction of playing with your own body and giving yourself some incredible sensations if she's not willing to play with you. And again, I don't know how your relationship works. It might be a situation where she would object to that. I have no idea. One of the most important things here is that you don't act like you are entitled to it because you're not. We all get to decide what we're willing to do in bed and with our partners. So that is a compromise that you need to make and you need to draw the line of a hard boundary whenever you're not comfortable and it sounds like she kind of has done that. So there might be a few ways that are possible that she'll come around to it but often I hear guys in situations like this just be being really wonderful partners, being gently persistent, and then over a long period of time, their partners finally come around and say, okay, let's try this thing. Now that doesn't always happen, but sometimes it does. So patience is a huge, huge part of it. But at the same time, once again, I really am reluctant to encourage you to harangue her, as I said. Don't do that. You're not entitled to jack shit, okay? And are you screwed? Well, I don't know. You can do a lot of play by yourself. And every once in a while, a partner gets very intrigued when they see the difference when, like, you put a butt plug in when you are having intercourse. And they're like, whoa, what was that orgasm about? That was really intense. You were really into it. And they get intrigued because they see what a difference it makes when you have anal stimulation. But she might be one of those people that just doesn't want to have anything in any way, shape, or form to do with your ass. So I'm going to put a link to a cushion. It's kind of like a half cylinder. And you can put a toy in it. It's got a slot for you to put all kinds of different toys in there, whatever you like, and then you can ride it. So that's an option too. So there's fucking machines, there is that cushion, there are suction cup toys, and there are amazing prostate massagers that have remotes that you can play with yourself. I get that you really want your partner involved with this, but it just might not be something that's going to happen. So I've given you a bunch of different perspectives on how to view this and different ways to think of it. I encourage you to treasure your relationship, respect your partner's boundaries when they set them, and good luck to you, sir. Here's my next letter. 
Hi, Ruby. My issue lies in having a very sexually reserved wife, a virgin until 30, and I am only her third sexual partner. We are 40 years old and have been married five years this November. I have a desire for her to use anal toys and gradually introduce her to pegging me. I have even sent her literature to read about this and stated things from you about it, but she has a hang-up with anything anal at all. I absolutely adore and love my wife. I need something to restore the sexual relationship in the bedroom. Is there some sort of advice outside of what you already have here that you might be able to help with? I have read, reread, and sent this information to her already. Okay, so a couple things here. You mentioned you need something to restore the sexual relationship in the bedroom. And you don't say anything about how it's not doing well. It needs to be restored. You don't give me any details about that. So setting pegging completely aside just for a moment... If the bedroom is not a happening place, then the last thing that you want to do is introduce a whole new thing, especially if it flies in the face of something that she has an express uh, lack of desire for, that she has said, nope, don't want to do anything anal. So what I would really suggest is that you guys get some therapy together, do some counseling, because then you've got an objective person who can lead you through this. And not only are they going to give you advice on your relationship, which is really the most important foundation of all this, but then they can help guide you through exploring new sexual territory. It's really important sometimes to have that objective third person there, especially a really knowledgeable person. So I'm going to put a link in my my linkorama of one that I know of, but I'm also going to give you a link of an organization that has a whole bunch of different uh, sex positive therapists is what I would call them. So make sure that you choose one of those. Make sure you get a therapist who is sex positive, lest they say, oh my God, why do you want to do that? You must be gay because there are therapists out there, sadly, sadly, who would have that reaction. So you want to start off with one from the list or from the link that I give you to Dr. Tom Murray. He does virtual sessions, so he would be an excellent, excellent choice. And meanwhile, I would encourage you to try and work on your relationship and get closer and more intimate with your partner, as opposed to focusing on something that she already has an expressed desire not to do. You might get yourself to the pegging road. You might get there eventually. But I think this is something that needs a therapist to lead you down that road, as opposed to she just needs to get over her hang up. Many times when people have hang-ups, it is something that can be talked through, it is something that can be reasoned with, but other times it is a hard limit. It is just simply something that they don't like, and that needs to be honored. So, try the therapy. That would be my suggestion. This is a little above my pay grade because I don't really deal with dead bedrooms, is what they call them, and your comment implies that the bedroom wasn't very exciting to begin with. So again, this is not a good time to add a new sexual activity, especially if it's something she seems already opposed to. Thank you so much for the question. I'll put those links in the link, Rama, and good luck to you, sir. Here's my next question. The subject is harness for a strap-on-me dildo. More than a year ago, I purchased a spare parts jock size A and the Tantus O2 Sam Dual Density Dildo 2 inches in diameter after reading your recommendations. The combination provides my top exceptional 
control and comfort. I recently purchased the Strap On Me Bendable Vibrating Dual-Ended Dildo Large, but my top finds the elastic O-ring in the Jacques does not provide her the control and comfort because the O-ring does not fit tight enough around the smaller diameter Strap On Me Dildo. Recommendations? Would the Aslan Jaguar leather harness with a set of O-rings solve our problem? Other harnesses work as well? So the first solution that I know of here is the cheapest one you can try. They're stabilizer rings because whenever you have a fabric harness, which the Jacques is, and you are using a dildo that is smaller in diameter than that sewn-in O-ring of the fabric harness, you're going to get a little lack of stability. And this sounds like what she is struggling with and what she really doesn't like, and I don't blame her. So there's a thing called a stability ring, and it's kind of this foam ring that has a hole in the middle of it that goes behind the toy. So it's behind, it's inside those flaps of the harness behind the O-ring, inside the harness, and then you put the toy through both of them. And that tends to lend so much more stability to the situation. Certainly you could try another harness because absolutely the Aslan Leather Jaguar will hold it beautifully. <laughs> Totally, because you've got those interchangeable O-rings. And that's the beauty of having a harness with interchangeable O-rings. So I'll put those two things in the Linkorama for you, and you can choose either one. Any kind of harness with interchangeable O-rings that strikes your fancy would be good as well. There you go. Thank you so much for the question, and have fun with that toy. There's a lot of people out there having fun with it, I tell you. <laughs> okay. Next one, here we go. Hey there, we spoke a while ago and I was asking advice about how to ask my wife if she would be interested in pegging. I changed my name and email so I wouldn't get noticed on Reddit. <laughs> but I listened to your podcast and at the time you did mention me on one of the episodes. She is definitely not going to be interested in it. I can't even get her to rim or a finger to graze the area without too much detail. I love doing anything with her and her body. There is absolutely nothing that would come out of her that wouldn't be a turn-on to me. Well, not number two, but it's certainly not a turn-off. Not my thing, but you understand. I have bought a prostate massager and a vibrating butt plug, and I sometimes wear the butt plug around or even going out. It just feels good. My question is, I guess, am I going to have to deal with never getting pegged because I'm in love with my wife? Thanks for your understanding in the past and advice. Hope to hear back soon. Oh boy, oh boy. Okay, and I didn't get back to this person quite soon enough, so there is one short follow-up after this that he sent in addition. My wife told me she doesn't want to see me in a submissive role or position. I asked her to tie my hands up, like to a bedpost, and that to her was even too much. So it looks like I'll be going with solo anal play for the duration. Kind of sucks, but what is a guy to do? So we have a recurring theme here already on this podcast, and I feel for you guys, I really do, because you find something that feels really good, you have this potential of experiencing this incredible amount of pleasure, and not only that, but you have the potential of exploring a whole new sexual territory and a new sexual activity with your partner, and they're not down. But still, your partner gets to choose. We all get to choose what we want to do in bed and what we don't want to do in bed. So there are some people out there, absolutely, that pegging is never going to be their thing because they cannot consider ever doing anything with the ass, period, period. And where that comes from is really not the issue here. If she has not listened to podcast number 112... Um, what I might do is, because you've already tried to introduce the whole thing, and you've tried to talk with her about it, ask her if she would just listen to this podcast, 
And then if she still says no, that she would totally respect that and never bring it up again. Because she may have a bunch of fears and misconceptions that are connected with pegging that are affecting her ability to make an informed decision with accurate information. So she's having a knee-jerk reaction as opposed to making a decision with accurate information, if you get my whole point here, which I'm overstating. (laughs) Because I've said this so many times, but... Often what I see in the sex world is I see people saying, look, if your partner said no, then fucking respect that because that's a boundary. And I totally agree with that. And in addition, I think there are times when those myths and misconceptions have created such a block for them to even be able to consider the subject calmly that they have that knee-jerk reaction because they're reacting to all of those fears and misconceptions. So I don't think it's an unreasonable ask to ask your partner, just listen to this with me, sit there and listen to it with her. And of course, with podcast number 112, you need to listen to it first because only you can decide if it's right for your partner. So sit there and listen to it with her and tell her if at any point in time you want to stop this and you want to ask me a question and pause it, not stop it like stop listening, pause it and ask me a question, we can totally do that. And if you listen to this whole thing and you understand how I feel about this and you still don't want to do it, I will totally respect your opinion here and your boundary setting. And then at that point in time, what you're pretty much left with is solo play. So, And I've given a bunch of suggestions to the last person I answered this question on the podcast to. But also for you especially, I think it would be kind of cool to try the butt plug in while you do intercourse and let her see the difference and see if it intrigues her. It's just a possibility because I get you're down, you're thinking it's never, ever going to happen. But you don't say anything about podcast number 112. So I thought you could give that a try and it might help. Who knows? I appreciate the question. Good luck to you, sir. I hope it works out. But otherwise, you know, that solo play can be pretty hot stuff. Absolutely. And yeah, you just kind of have to accept it if that's the situation. Sad to say. Part of the reason that these fears and misconceptions can get kind of crazy is because of the lack of communication. In other words, if couples were able to sit down and, you know, when faced with, wow, I think I'd really like to explore pegging, that the giver was able to say, oh, pegging, goodness, I don't know about that, because I've heard that people who do that are gay. I've heard that it's all about pain. I've heard that it's horribly dirty. You know, all the missing misconceptions and you were able to actually talk about it and discuss it. But so many times in relationships, the sexy time stuff is is difficult to talk about. People have not developed the skill to have really open and honest and authentic conversations about sexuality. So it ends up being a situation where, you know, she just says, nope, not into anal at all. Nope, nope, not going to do it. And then nobody says anything after that. There's no pulling the string, so to speak, and saying, okay, I I hear you and I respect that. Can we talk about it a little bit more? Can we talk about why? Is it the whole pegging thing? Is it just that it's dirty? Can we talk, you know? So that is an option as well. If you don't want to do podcast number 112, but I really think that I've put all the myths and misconceptions in that podcast and I think it's going to be really helpful to you in your situation if she has not already listened to it, at least so that she is well informed with accurate information, like I keep saying. (laughs) Good luck to you, sir. Thank you so much for the question. Okay, this next one, the subject is size. 
My lady has started pegging me, and after a while I really enjoyed it. It makes me come real hard. She has been using a 7-inch length with 1.5-inch girth. She has just purchased a 10.5-inch length with 1.75-inch girth. It looks very intimidating. Any tips on what we should do to move up to the bigger cock? Oh yeah, <laughs> I have lots of tips. Here's the first one. When you're sizing up in girth, it's best to do it a quarter inch at a time. So the girth increase is fine. And I advise a quarter inch at a time because it's just kinder to your ass. You can do a half inch, but you may not be able to do it the first time. And it's just the gradual increase in girth, if that's what you're looking for and you want to explore that, is a better way to do it than getting something a whole half inch bigger and having to struggle with it. That's not the right way to treat your ass, shall we say. But the length here is entirely different. First, let me tell you that the measurement from the opening of your ass to the end of the rectal canal where your physiology takes a 90 degree turn at the rectosigmoid junction varies from person to person anywhere from six inches to seven and a half. So you already have the 7.5 inch length there and you want to know if 10.5 is something, or you want to know specifics about how to do the 10.5. So I really, really advise you to take my advanced webinar because when you go past about eight inches, then you're going past that rectosigmoid junction. And if it's the first time you've ever done that, there's specific toys that you want to use that are very flexible because hello, it's a 90 degree turn here, okay? There's a lot of toys out there that look wonderful in terms of, oh my God, I really want that in my ass, but they're pretty firm and they're really long and this is not good for that part of your physiology if you are a beginner. You can work up to that, absolutely, but that's not the way to start with length. You want something that's very, very flexible and fairly soft to go past that right-hand turn. So take my advanced webinar. I teach all about that. I teach about the physiology. I teach about why people might want to do it, what feels good about it, uh, and the best toys and the best places to get them. I teach all that stuff. So the 10.5 is a dicey proposition. Please handle that very carefully and be educated first before you try it. Okay, here we go. So this next one I'm going to read you is just two little snippets off of Reddit that just charmed the hell out of me. One is a statement and one is a reaction to it. I, male, have been playing with vibrating plugs and prostate massagers for about a month or two. Wife pegged me last night. It was fucking mind-blowing. I could do that every night. And then a response to that comment. Agreed. Toys are great, but feeling her push into you, grabbing your hips, leaning over you, hair spilling on you amazing. <laughs> and that just charmed me. It's like guys are speaking about it poetically and enthusiastically. And I just wanted to share those little snippets with you from Reddit. <laughs> Reddit can be a wonderful place. Okay, here and speaking of, here's another one. So this is a private message that was sent to me on Reddit. 
Recently, the topic of pegging came up between my partner and I. She is the most lovely person in the world, and every day I am blown away by how easy communication is between us. She is open to giving pegging a go in the future. However, she has expressed some fears and concerns, and I would like to alleviate these for her before we try. I've looked through your website forums and frequently asked questions and haven't really found the answer. Her main concern was that she doesn't want to try it and see me in a different way and lose that attraction. This fear raised from reading another person person's pegging experience on Reddit. She believes this will happen as she enjoys having the feminine role in the bedroom and doesn't want to adopt the masculine role, purely through positioning and thrusting motion, and also having a quote-unquote penis, haha. She herself recognized that this is obviously the old-school ways to view the masculine and feminine stereotypical roles, and she needs a bit of time to remove those points of view from her head. Is there anything you would recommend I could say to her to help her with this process. I have already made clear with her from your podcast number 112 what aspects of pegging I am into and why I would be interested in exploring it with her and only her and not in a dominant and submissive way or any tips or advice on how to go about pegging in a sensual way without an emphasis on role reversal. Thank you. So this is what comes to mind with your particular situation and you've described it wonderfully and I appreciate you taking the time to give me all the background here. So here's what it makes me think about. There's a man I interviewed some time ago that basically used to tell his partners when introducing them to the whole pegging thing, you know how much you enjoy having me inside you? I really enjoy having you inside me. And that's something I really want to experience and I absolutely love. So that's one way to approach it. Another way is this kind of a thing. It's sort of like giving her the perspective of how much she is able to relax and receive and have all this attention paid on to her and that you would like to hand over the reins is a wonderful way to put it. Somebody else mentioned that earlier in this podcast, hand over the reins and allow her to kind of run things. And it's not this huge imposition in terms of, oh my God, I have to run the whole thing. This is intimidating. I mean, she might feel like it's that way. So this might be part of it, but that you would like to experience just being able to relax and receive. And in your sexual relationship, this is not something that you've really been able to do so much. And this pegging situation gives you an opportunity to do it. You can certainly edge your way into it slowly. Like in the beginning with pegging, you can do all kinds of positions that are much more dominant. She can lay back on the bed and you can ride her. She can sit in a tall-backed, armless, sturdy chair and you can ride her face to face. I call that position the chairman. And even like reverse cowboy, you know, that the cowboy thing is the one I mentioned first where you could ride her and you can turn around and, you know, fuck yourself on her toy from between her legs going backwards. I'm trying to think of some other ones where basically the giver isn't really doing much of anything and the receiver is the one that's doing all the work because that might be a little bit easier for her to handle. I mean, I don't know if you have any kind of dominant submissive dynamic uh, to any extent in your relationship, but you could even do something where it's like command her to just lay on her back and lay still. You lay still and you don't move. I'm going to ride you. You know, if you ever play like that during your sexy times, that's another option. 
I'm really glad, really, really, really glad for you that she sees that it's the old school ways about masculine and feminine. So it's great that she understands that. But if you're comfortable talking with her about this, the last part that I might tell her if I were you, and I don't know if you feel this way or not, this, I'm just going to spit this out here, is if you're a guy who's really, really aware of that whole man box situation and how you've been shoved into this box of expected characteristics you're supposed to have as a man, and even more importantly, forbidden characteristics you're not supposed to indulge in or exhibit if you are a man, otherwise you won't be considered masculine, Perhaps explain to her how frustrating it's been to not being able to allow yourself to be vulnerable. And be very clear that vulnerability is not at all about weakness. It takes tremendous courage to be vulnerable. And ass penetration requires vulnerability. So that is an experience that she can allow you to have in pegging that nowhere else in life are you allowed to be vulnerable like that. Now, I don't know anything about your relationship. Who knows? You might allow yourself to be vulnerable with her all the time. But if she's really into those stereotypical roles, probably not. <laughs> so I think that that allows a man to be more of a whole person who wants to walk around in life never being allowed to express this open risk of emotional exposure to someone you love the most, okay? Because this can be a beautiful thing. It can help you be more intimate together and closer together. And it can help you just open up and relax. Very few men have that opportunity. And it is one of the magical things about pegging that I think it provides. So that's just a bunch of information there. And, hmm, what else? It is not submissive. Submission is when you have a negotiated dominant submissive contract, kind of. It can be that, uh, where you are giving control, you are ceding control of the entire thing to someone else. This is different than being vulnerable and receiving. So if she was fucking you, it wouldn't be like you have to be dominant and you have to do this whole thing and, be, you know, that misconception often comes from porn because so often that is exactly the way it's played out in pegging porn okay and there are also a lot of people out there that really like switching it up like that and having the giver be really dominant but it's not necessary it can be such a beautiful sensual experience absolutely you can do pegging any way you want to do it you can do it as just another sensual way of making love with each other so uh, you can have her listen to this if you want. <laughs> that's always like, whoa, that's a lot. <laughs> but think about it. And good luck to you, sir. Thank you so much for the question. And I think eventually you're going to get there. A little bit of ass play with small toys and things first might be amazing if, if you're not already doing that. And that way it might pique her interest in the amount of pleasure it can provide you. If she enjoys being more submissive herself, it can be from a position of giving, giving you more pleasure than you've ever been able to find with just a cock-centric orgasm, and she can actually help you get there. So that's another thing too. It's, it would be something she's doing for you. It's another way to look at it. Anyway, <laughs> I kind of wax poetic on this one. <laughs> or another way to look at it, so I just keep going on and on. <laughs> anyway, Good luck to you, sir. Thank you for the question. Okay, let's see this one here. Oh, this is a wonderful message I got on FedLife. 
Ruby, I just wanted to thank you again for, quote, opening me up, end quote, to this wonderful world. On your advice, a few years ago, I got a stainless steel butt plug and began experimenting with it. I only recently started putting it in when I do errands, etc. during the day. What a game changer. Everything about the way I carry myself changes. I'm constantly aware of that tingle, the weight, the sensation there, always reminding me of my boy pussy. Today, I went to Tractor Supply, which is kind of a general hardware supply store here in Nashville. The juxtaposition of the setting and my mindset was incredible in a very titillating way. The way I walk changed and I felt self-conscious. Was I swishing back and forth too much? Did people notice me? I know I put my hand on my hip the way a woman would when I couldn't find the right dog food. Then I carried the heavy bag of dog food like a man, but it made me clench my butt cheeks and, well, I felt femme again. Delicious, bouncing between the two feelings and worlds. It only served to remind me that I need to surrender my male baggage and embrace my femme side even more. As I walked down the store aisle, I was thinking about being entered from behind, surrendering to the feeling. Such a different headspace than conquest. Such a relief. The thought of giving that part of me to someone made me so excited. I thought people might notice. Giggles. I hope all is safe and well in your world. Cheers. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Had to share this. Absolutely. <laughs> Swishing back and forth and thinking, do people see how I'm walking differently? <laughs> I've told people before, you know, if you want to get used to having something in your ass and sort of wake up that part of your body to those pleasure receptors... Put a butt plug in. Walk around in the world. It will change your game, man. It will change your whole perspective. It'll put a smile on your face. It's fun. And it's a wonderful, also, this erotic secret thing. It's like, ooh, nobody knows I'm wearing a butt plug. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're having so much fun with that. Yay. And my pleasure. Again, if anything that I have put out into the world has helped you on your path, I am honored, sir. Thank you for that lovely message. <laughs> okay, as many of you know, I have a TikTok channel now. I'm learning all, all the terminology. It's a channel. It's not a page. It's a channel. Okay, so you can find that with the at sign and pegging paradise. Again, I've mentioned before that some people have trouble finding and I don't know why. But also you can find that link in the follow me tab because there's a whole bunch of links there in all my social media platforms. So it's there. Now, I'm actually to the point now where people are asking me questions. And so this guy sent me an email and asked me this. He asked, could you cover this on TikTok? And I did cover it on TikTok in like four videos because, hey, they're only a minute apiece, right? But I wanted to include it here because this is something that comes up every once in a while. And I think it's important to address. Just watch all your videos and found them very interesting. Thank you. One thing that may make it more accessible and less likely to scare those that worry it would make them gay is if the peg was not a facsimile of a penis, as most seem to be. For example, my girlfriend has wanted to do this to me for years with one of her toys, but I just can't bring myself to let her. I think if it wasn't shaped like a penis and was done by hand instead of a strap-on, it is less like playing the part of a woman. Hope that makes sense. Again, many thanks for your videos. So there's lots of parts to unpack here. 
First, let's talk about how toys are shaped. There are absolutely toys out there that look nothing like a penis. We call them non-phallic toys. And some of you really favor those, and that's an independent and individual decision you get to make. It's a preference. Some people like neon pink. Some people like non-phallic. There are less toys that are non-phallic, but there are still a fair amount of them out there that don't look anything like a penis. And if you want to go to the extreme, you can go to Bad Dragon, <laughs> right? They don't look anything like a real penis. <laughs> so there's that. So let's talk about the shape and why it's shaped like that, because there is a really good reason for a pronounced head with what they call the coronal ridge on the head of that toy. Because every time that goes back and forth over your prostate, it feels exquisite. So there's a method to the madness, shall we say. There's a point of having it shaped that way. Uh, so there's that. But at the same time, the most important thing is how you feel about what's going inside you and what you're comfortable with. Always when you're exploring new sexual territory, please be true to yourself, okay? If it's something that doesn't make you comfortable, then try something that is okay with you and put that doesn't make me comfortable thing aside and maybe you'll never go back to it. Maybe you'll never go down that path, but maybe you'll loosen up after a while and go, you know what? Maybe not so bad and I don't think like I'm really getting fucked with a real penis and it doesn't bother me anymore. It doesn't make any difference. If you want those non-phallic toys, go for it. Okay, this next part that he mentioned, which made me cringe just a little bit, I have to say, is I think think if it wasn't shaped like a penis and was done by hand instead of a strap-on, it is less like playing the part of a woman. Oh boy. Okay, so heterosexual couples, or they don't have to be heterosexual, they can be bisexual, but when there's a man and a woman, unfortunately, the default is pretty much always intercourse. I really hope that changes someday because there are so many different sexual sexy time things you can do why do we always default to intercourse? I mean, I posted something up on International Women's Day saying, what would the world be like if when people got together for the first time, no matter what gender they were, that just as easily or automatically that they talk about what protection they're going to use, maybe birth control, what they're into, stuff like that, is the decision about who penetrates whom. That it's not an always automatic default that the man with the cock is going to penetrate the woman with the vagina. Oh my God. So it's not a woman's job to be fucked during sex. You can do sex any way you want. Some people only have oral sex. There's so many different ways to have a sexual relationship. So it'd be nice if this person who asked me this could let this go. <laughs> because you are not playing the part of the woman. You're exploring new sexual territory. And I understand that all of this is so ingrained and so such a strong uh, belief and connotation that, oh my God, if I get penetrated, I'm like a woman, oh my God, and you know, I'm the guy guy, so I can't do anything that's feminine, and that includes being penetrated, and so for sure it can't look like a penis, oh my God. So, okay, you get me. I'm kind of ranting now, but oh, let that part of playing the woman go. And so now, let's address using a strap-on versus doing it by hand. So this is a really individual thing as well. There are absolutely some givers out there who they draw the line, they won't wear that strap-on. It's just not something they're willing to do. And everybody gets to choose what they do and want to do and what they don't want to do in bed. So they say, I'll use these handheld toys, no problem, but uh-uh, not strapping it on. And everybody gets to decide that, like I said. So 
Um, this is coming from the other way around, though. This is the receiver. And so he seems to feel like if she straps it on and fucks him, and actually this is another body with something at the height of their crotch that resembles a penis and fucking them, and it all seems to be very disturbing to him, which is understandable. Like I mentioned before, I'm not making judgments here. So you can totally decide to just do by hand. Totally, totally. That is something that couples do all the time. You don't have to strap it on. The differences are, well, they're interesting because if you have a strap on on, then you can kind of gather your person up and fuck them and sort of hold them and fuck them. It can be very intimate and close and, and cozy, right? If you're doing a handheld toy, it's a little bit less like that, but it does offer you some opportunities that you don't have if you strap it on. For example, you can use a toy by hand and you can give a blowjob at the same time that'll knock his socks off, <laughs> right? But the last part of my advice in this regard that I mentioned to this guy was, you know, if she's got a strap-on on, that frees her hands up to do all kinds of other wonderful things. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> but yes, the whole realistic or non-realistic, and of course there's many, many degrees of that. The pronounced head on a relatively otherwise not realistic looking dildo can still freak some people out. And then, of course, those ones that are specifically made to look really, really realistic because some people love that and that is so erotic to them and they dream of having one that looks like it's theirs so they can fuck their partner or getting fucked by one that looks really, really real. And I must say, you know, when I teach my equipment webinars, I have in the past defaulted to ones that are not realistic because it's not my preference and I realized that I blew it there. So now in my equipment webinars, I have one whole page, maybe two, of realistic toys, and I've made a point of including them, absolutely. So that's in there as well. So I just wanted to run that by you. There are, I, I answered that, like I said, in four videos. <laughs> TikTok is a wild place. Uh, there's lots of trolls, uh, blocking lots of people. But at the same time, there's so many people on there that are saying, Thank you. Thank you so much for this information because nobody's talking about it and it's great to put it out there. And yes, I've done this. And yes, it's amazing. And yeah, it's a fun place to be. Go check it out if you want to. It's a lot of fun. Uh, let's see. And I think we're done, you guys. We are done. Okay, let me find my closing stuff here. Peggingparadise.com is where you can find my blog, podcast, and my erotica. Pegging101.com offers informational pegging articles only with no kink. My podcasts are available through any of your favorite podcast downloader apps. You can also stream my podcast directly from my website if you like. The follow tab has links for you to subscribe to my blog, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, FetLife, MeWe, Reddit, PleaseMe, and TikTok. <laughs> when you order exciting new toys from EnticeMe.com, Please do remember to use that coupon code RIDER for free shipping. Send your questions to ruby at peggingparadise.com. No question is too all-encompassing, too asinine, or too arrogant. <laughs> my listeners are going to learn along with you, so don't hesitate. Throw those questions in my mailbox or record your question on the voice app for your phone and send it to me. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. You rock. Happy pegging and no shame. 